This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to the 40th episode of Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that shouldn't have. We are back this week with a sparkling new panel to discuss media's coverage of issues over the last week. We also have a ground report from Rotak, so we'll be talking about that. But let me first introduce the panel. Today on the podcast, we have Ashish Chauhan, Senior Correspondent with Times of India, Ahmedabad. Ashish has previously worked with PTI. He has extensively covered the Patidar movement and the Gujarat Assembly polls. Hi, Ashish. Hi. We also have Amit Bhardwaj, our Special Correspondent. Hi, Amit. Hello. And Prateek Goel. Hi, Prateek. Hi. Pratik is the latest addition to our sweet little team. Also joining us later during the podcast is Christina Thomas Dhanraj, a Christian Dalit woman from Chennai, Bangalore. She is a volunteer consultant for women and minority-led initiatives, focusing on social justice, self-determination, among other things. She is actively involved in Dalit Women Fight Campaign and is the co-founder of Dalit History Month. Most recently, she was published with Roundtable India, Gender IT, The Wire and Skin Stories. So... Let's dive straight in. Ashish, I would like to begin with you. You yep. did a story about attacks on migrants that are continuously <coughs> happening in Ahmedabad, yep. which were triggered yep. by the rape of a child. Could you give us yep. a little context and could you tell us a little about what's happening on ground and what's the current status? Yeah, the situation is uh, volatile at present also. Uh, it begins uh, with the uh, rape, of, as you mentioned, a uh, rape of a 14-month-old uh, girl in Sandhunda uh, village, Himmatnagar town of Sabarkata district. Mm-hmm. I, I must say that Himmatnagar uh, and Sabarkata is uh, highly populated by migrants uh, from across the country. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, the accused who has uh, allegedly raped that uh, toddler is from Bihar. 14 months is really... St- it's 14 yes. months or a year? 14 months old. 14 month old. Okay. Yeah, she's just one year old, you may say. So, she was raped and dumped uh, near at, uh, her house. And uh, she's at present being treated at a, a civil hospital in Ahmedabad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this gave uh, fodder to some of the leaders. And they started uh, inciting uh, sentiment in mm-hmm. the name of migrants versus local. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the rape incident occurred at uh, 28th September. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, on 1st October, uh, Alpesh Thakur, who is a Congress MLA mm-hmm. from Radhanpur and also an uh, big uh, OBC leader. Mm-hmm. So he had addressed the rally mm-hmm. in uh, somewhere near Varnagar, which is also a hometown of uh, our family, Stan and the Modi. Mm-hmm. He addressed the rally and, uh, he has, uh, and uh, in that particular rally, he had incited. I mean, uh, if I go by word to word, mm-hmm. he had said migrants are uh, responsible for uh, crime. Mm-hmm. They are responsible uh, for violence against women mm-hmm. and uh, they are eating out our jobs. And after this, the violence sort of spread? After that, a rally was held and some politic incidents of violence. I mean, uh, people from a particular community, they ransacked uh, some industrial areas in uh, mm-hmm. Himmatnagar, Mehsana. Mm-hmm. They went on vandalizing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on 2nd and 3rd October, violence uh, was also reported in Ahmedabad. Mm-hmm. Ashish, I want to bring yeah. in Prateek here. He was mentioning that the migrants were held at a warehouse. Yes, we reports that the migrants were held at a warehouse. So, in a factory, they were held at a warehouse. In a incident, in Gandhinagar, तो वहां पे कुछ माइग्रेंट्स को बंद किया गया था वो कोल्ड स्टोरेज था वहां पे उनको मारा गया था और जिन उनके ओनर थे फैक्ट्री के ही वाज आल्सो बीटन बाय कमिस्टेंट्स फ्रॉम अ पर्टिकुलर कम्युनिटी तो वहां से ज्यादा इंसाइट हुआ यू मस्ट बी नोइंग दैट दैट एंटायर टाउन ऑफ मांडल बेचरा जी व्हिच इज इन अहमदाबाद डिस्ट्रिक्ट जहां पे हीरो का प्लांट है या फिर नैनो प्लांट है वहां पे भी वायलेंस Ashish, what has been the role of Alpesh Thakur's uh, Thakur Sena? I mean, uh, police yeah. has registered several FIRs against the volunteers of yes, Thakur yes. Sena. So, how do you see their role in the entire violence which is happening in Gujarat right now? Yeah, actually, six uh, of his uh, of his bearers, they are directly involved. Their name is in FIR in Mahsana, Gandhinagar, and Ahmedabad. Uh, they are accused of decoity, uh, assault, and criminal intimidation. Uh, one is. Uh, uh, the Gandhi Nagar uh, General Secretary and Congress leader also. Uh, his name is Mahot Ji Thakur. 
he was uh, threatening some migrants in Gandhi Nagar. Okay. And uh, uh, he also made that video viral just to showcase the people that uh, he's with locals and he's with Thakur and he wants to migrants. Uh, I mean, they just, they had to flee away. Uh, he was giving such kind of threats. So he was also booked and he's, I mean, he's under police custody. Apart from him, there was uh, around five others who were named in that, uh, in uh, different FIRs. Right. During the Gujarat polls, uh, we saw, you know, uh, first Alpesh Thakur, it said that he, he, you know, somehow tried to deal with both Congress and BJP and finally, uh, the final deal yeah. happened between the Congress and uh, Alpesh Thakur. Yeah. And uh, yeah. his role was seen as uh, one of the key factors which might influence the entire election. That did not happen, however. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Now, so do you see this attempt, you know, uh, if the allegations against Alpesh Thakur that he incited the mob and his, inci- yeah. uh, his uh, yeah. Thakur Sena was behind the yeah. violence, so, do you yes. see that there's a desperation and frustration in Alpesh Thakur, uh, considering the fact that you know the uh, Lok Sabha elections are uh, around the corner, and yeah. it is also an attempt uh, to increase his electoral chances in, yes. in the politics? Yeah, actually, he wants to explore uh, his uh, support base. Uh, besides, I must tell you, he is also Congress's uh, in charge secretary of uh, for Bihar elections. Ironically, yeah. yeah. Sakhtishin Gohil is, uh, I think he is in charge and he is uh, assisting Gohil there. Hmm. So, Alpesh, I mean, he was uh, already stressing for 85% jobs to locals. So, he had begun that issue way before election, way before uh, state assembly election. So, now he wants to extend his base. But just now, he has uh, support from Thakur community also, only. Now, he wants to go to other OBC communities, Dalit and uh, Rajput community also. Because they have sold their land for uh, industries, and now they have nothing uh, to earn their livelihood. So he is picking that point that migrants are here, due to which you are uh, not able to earn uh, enough uh, in Gujarat. So this is the point, basically, he wanted to highlight for so many months. I wanted to know just uh, two more things from you, because you have been reporting on the issue. Number one, how volatile is the situation? I mean, is there there still panic in people uh, from the non-Gujarati people who have been living there, number one? And uh, number two, when you say that, you know, he's trying to reach out to more uh, uh, OBC communities and he's trying to reach out beyond the Thakur community. So is it working? Like, is this agenda or uh, plank working for him? I don't see I mean, I will first answer the second question. I don't see it working because, you know, uh, he had tried to consolidate uh, in the name of Gujaratis versus non-Gujaratis, you know. And uh, it's not going to happen because, you know, people, uh, migrant people are a backbone of Gujarat industries. So if you make it Gujaratis versus non-Gujaratis, then people will not support you. We have seen uh, Gujarat uh, voting on communal lines. But migrants versus non-migrants or Gujaratis versus non-Gujaratis, will not happen here because they are also part of the industry. Uh, first uh, question that you ask is, uh, Alfish, I mean, he is trying to reach out to more number of people. But where he failed, he had not seen the factor that agriculture community, Partidas or Thakur, they are also getting help from the migrant labor, in, whether it is in uh, field or it's in uh, agri-products, dairy, animal husbandry, uh, migrants are everywhere. So there he... I mean, he could not see that uh, people are so mingled with each other in Gujarat. And uh, that's, uh, regarding the situation, situation is still volatile. People are in panic in some area. That's why a police is organizing a flag march in uh, both the parts uh, of the city. Because Ahmedabad is divided into two parts, western and eastern. Ashish, you have a question. The laborers in UP, Bihar or Madhya Pradesh were migrating to Gujarat, what is the industry Around, I will tell you that 60 to 70 percent people are migrants who are UP, Bihar, Odisha, and Bihar. In the case of Surat, there are many percent of people who are migrants in industrial areas. So, 60 to 70 percent of people who are in the industrial houses. So, 60 to 70 percent of people who are in the industrial houses. And, if you have a lot of people who are in the industrial houses, you can see that 
अपने राज्यों में वापस जा चुके हैं अच्छा अच्छा तो इंडस्ट्री आप देखिए बेल्ट जो हांसोल या फिर साणंद में है नैनो का प्लांट है या फिर हीरो का मोटोकॉप का प्लांट है टू व्हीलर प्लांट है जापान का यहाँ पे टेक्सटाइल यूनिट है बहुत बड़ा ऑटोमेटिक कार प्लांट है वहाँ पे काम ही नहीं हो रहा है मतलब आप देखे जो जनरल डेज में होता था उससे काफी कम हुआ है people who are under that category hmm, hmm, hmm. i mean it's very unfortunate because you know the accused is from a particular state he is from bihar and uh, after that incident one sentiment uh, sentiment was on high there was a debate by on why we are inviting migrant people to our state so the rape was a triggering point and now the people some of them are jobless they see uh, migrants as they are eating our jobs so they begin uh, venting out their anger against my my country hmm. and this is a simple i mean what i have perceived uh, till now hmm. and yeah. how has the local media been covering this yeah exactly i mean uh, from uh, i guess last 6 to 7 days uh, coverage is ex- extensive in uh, uh, english media and uh, in local uh, as well do you see any of the newspaper organizations you know uh, trying to justify the violence which is happening or maybe trying to dilute the entire issue which organization sorry i'm asking any local media organization which might have tried to dilute the issue has there been any attempt no no not at all i, I didn't say any such attempt okay Pe- people are i mean people in media are against uh, these attacks okay. so i don't see any uh, such dilution okay. ashish before i let you go do you want to share your recommendation i i have been reading a hindi book uh, these days that is uh, name is hindu hone ka dharm by prabhas joshi he was a veteran journalist hmm. so that's a nice book in the today's time i mean you know we are seeing people being divided in the name of community caste religion hmm. and okay. uh, there is a debate on hindutva hmm. tolerance so that is a great book i mean it is a compilation of uh, articles which were published in dansatta way back in 92 ट so first i just wanted to ask what do you think of this me too movement well basically what i feel about this me too movement is that it has been a long time since we we wanted to talk and we wanted justice as women and we wanted to call out our perpetrators mm-hmm. but there has been several barriers to attaining justice both as a system in, in within academia within our corporates within our workplaces and i feel like this movement uh, was something that was simmering for a long time and and we just had it coming and it had to happen this way hmm. ideally in an, in a in a perfect world where we all attain justice i don't think a me too movement uh, would have happened but it so happens that we live in an extremely unjust world where women are denied justice hmm. uh, as against you know men who seem to be having um, all the power and therefore my general my generic feeling about this movement is that it is important and it had to happen at this point we also have two men on the panel so before i ask you the mm-hmm. next question i do want to go to these two men and ask them what do they think of it amit i think i largely agree with christina and uh, this is a important movement and uh, the second version of uh, the movement which is now being seen as me to india uh, we have seen uh, you know what what has been the uh, output of it you know senior journalists editors mm-hmm. being called out and they have been asked to step down mm-hmm. but i also believe that uh, you know 
while the me too movement is happening on twitter and the digital on digital platforms it should also extend uh, you know we should also take care of the due process mm. uh due process should be followed and wherever there's a possibility of taking uh, legal process against uh, people who are be- who are being called out mm-hmm. so that should be followed as well otherwise what happens is uh, you know it will stay limited to the social media platform we'll and we'll come back to the due yeah. diligence i just want to go to prateek prateek aapko kya lagta hai what are your thoughts on the me too campaign that's going on i think me too campaign thoda delay ho gaya ye aur pehle aa jana chahiye tha jisse ki aur matlab bahut log bach jate hain isme तो अच्छा हो रहा है बिल्कुल चांस नहीं मिलता कुछ करने का किनको पोपेट्रेटर्स को चांस नहीं मिलता करने हाँ का। मतलब बहुत रुक जाता है और मतलब अभी जो हो रहा है अच्छा ही हो रहा है और इस तरीके से जो नाम एक्सपोज हो रहे हैं ऐसे मतलब जो बिल्कुल जर्नलिस्ट हों या फिल्म स्टार्स हों या जो भी टी एक्टर्स हों यू सिंग अगर पहले होता तो इट वुड है प्रोसेस ओके क्रिस्टीना अमित ब्रॉट अप अ पॉइंट दैट इट इज India's Me Too movement, but I just wanted to ask: Is it really India's Me Too movement? I mean, the voices that we are hearing, and it's also just limited to Twitter as of now. The voices that we are hearing is limited to a certain section of society, is limited to a certain class. So, does it really? Is it justified if we call this India's Me Too movement? Well, um, as uh, and we've talked about this before, as I had highlighted in my uh, Twitter thread, is that. um i strongly believe that this is not india's me too move, uh, moment although it definitely has a certain um it, it definitely has a certain kind of scale that has somehow invited and evoked uh, a lot of a, a, a much bigger response from the audience uh, you know on social media and otherwise um but we should remember what happened last year hmm. sometime around the same time if i'm right uh, by raya sarkar who yeah. essentially started this who sparked off for me to moment hmm. uh, in india uh, hmm. but that was very much uh, restricted only in the, only to the academia hmm. but i think i do believe that it it started then and uh, the kind of battles that raya and team had to fight hmm. at that point in time uh, the kind of backlash that happened from hmm. even the most Uh, um the most established of indian feminists was pretty breathtaking because mm. it felt like a lone woman's battle against a barrage of criticisms that came her way at that time mm. now why this me to moment is different at this point in time is because of the people who are who are doing it Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I feel it's primarily because the people who are who've been building this Me Too moment, or rather, who who've been working on it uh, for the past one week or so, are are established journalists, are people who come from um, upper caste and upper class backgrounds, who who seem to have a certain position in the society already, who seem to have a certain status in the society already, and therefore, it feels like th- there's a certain validity that is that is attached to this to this kind. of you know revelations and i feel and one part of me feels that that that's probably unfair because um raya's losha and as well as the survivors uh, testimonies that came out uh, or rather survivors uh, voices that came out last year is equally important should have considered to be equally important as much as it is hmm. given visibility now no i mean this time what is happening is people are putting out personal anecdotes from what i remember of last year it was just naming right so we should not forget the fact that you know uh, what happened last year was led by a um a dalit woman herself raya mm-hmm. as well as some of the survivors voices if i'm right um came from uh, dalit bahujan women and um, as against the general understanding that you know um some of the women Uh, at least the general understanding that women need to be more open and should come out and talk about what has happened to them dalit women and women who come from underprivileged and marginalized sections of the society are not always privileged enough to reveal details about their lives and they don't have the social capital or the monetary capital to protect them from the consequences um after they come out with their stories or their the other traumatic episodes mm-hmm. now of course it's very very appealing um from a movement perspective to hear survivors themselves victims themselves talk about their stories it gives an an amazing opportunity to cover it and evoke uh, the kind of sensational response from men women and everybody but 
we have to see this in context and we have to see hmm. this in the context of a dalit bahujan survivor or a dalit woman victim who is trying to come out with her story and the reason why she's coming out with her story and is trusting another person enough to say her uh, to to share her story to share evidence hmm. and also be able to name the perpetrator is because she's unable to do it elsewhere hmm. right she's unable to get the justice elsewhere whether it is within the academic um, uh, context or whether it is elsewhere she's unable to get and there's absolutely no confidence that she may even get justice if she goes out and hmm. asks for it and therefore she feels it's more trustworthy to share it with somebody that she knows and that she believes in okay hmm. and um uh, she trusts her enough to like not out her story or out her name and that's hmm. that's precisely what's happening hmm. but here i think this year um the way it's happening um apart from you know uh, three of uh, uh, apart from the three feminists who've been holding the movement we've also had women come out with their stories on their twitter wall meaning mm-hmm. you can go out go and see yeah. women actually talking about their experiences it's very how do i put it it's very um uh, it's very empowering in uh, in in one way but it's also it, it also need to be understood in context because not all of us can do that you know yeah. me and i consider myself a fairly privileged dalit woman even i don't think i will be able to do it because the kind of consequences um that i could potentially face are very uh, are very different from mm-hmm. that of what apakash woman would face if they um when they come out with their story but I mean this is just a thought and please correct me or uh, you can feel free to disagree with me but consequences might be different but consequences are are as real across class structures no absolutely absolutely consequences are bound to be there across class caste um gender and all kinds of structures but hmm. the magnitude of those consequences and the ability to fight those consequences or address it or even face it mm-hmm. those things change right those things are very much determined by these structures caste determines what kind of capital i will have to face my consequences do i have um do i have a loyal friend do i have um uh, do i have a family do i have the ability to uh, quit my job and go find another job are there people who will help me find another job i mean these are just instances of what could potentially take place and what kind of help i would require if i were to report or if i were to come out with my trauma story but you're right i mean um, the 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 consequences might remain the same uh, but the magnitude of those consequences and the ability to face those consequences definitely are determined by um, by the by your social location true christina prateek has a question so i would like to bring him in Don't you think this uh, Me Too campaign is limited only to urban masses? Because if you take the unorganized sector of a country, like just take the example of a housemaid, she is going to a house uh, like for work, and she has been abused over there. She doesn't have any platform to uh, bring uh, to to bring uh, her ordeal to the notice of the people. So don't you think this is very urban and this thing limited to a particular limited to people with access to technology as yeah. of now? Yes, absolutely. I I don't disagree with that at all. I agree with you, and I do believe that um, uh, the way uh, Me Too India is happening right now in mm. its form and shape is definitely urban, and um, dare I say, even slightly elitist in its articulation and in its delivery and in its how do I put this in its politics. Mm. Uh, but I would not want to use this point to undermine the passion or the uh, or the truth behind this movement. A and And B, I do want to give some benefit of the doubt in the sense that this is still early. Hopefully, the way it will take uh, shape and form eventually would would be able to, you know, uh, would be able to reach other sections Become and become more and inclusive. More voices will emerge. Um, but as a critic, as uh, I do believe, it's a valid critic criticism to face on in uh, Me Too India that is happening right now. I mean, I had another question since we are talking about what are what are the how do I put it cons or the criticisms that the Me Too movement is facing in India right now, or what is happening over Twitter? I mean, mm-hmm. is it there is this debate about how this is now also becoming is being misused? I mean, is there is it important to create a distinction between what is sexual harassment, what is misbehavior, and what could be a bad date? 
what are your thoughts on that so to be honest uh, i have been confused myself hmm. and i've been there've been several instances over the past one week or so where i've tried to understand you know can just about anything be be posted can just about any incident be be used to name just about anyone where does it stop does it have limitations does it have boundaries so i've been fairly confused myself to be very honest hmm. but having said that i feel like me too movement in itself mm-hmm. is is something that like i mentioned early in the um, in the beginning um it's something that that we had it coming like it it had to happen and when when something like this happens there's not usually uh, a structure or a form to it and uh, just about anybody saying that this is the way it should happen or only only this defines as me too and that doesn't Hmm. will be subject to criticism will be True. subject to questioning because who decides how it's going to be because this in itself what's happening right now is more of an outburst at least that's the way i see it because it's been years and years and years of impunity and then and then all of a sudden here's something that we could do there are sisters out there there are people out there who are coming up with the same kind of stories hmm. let's just get onto the bandwagon hmm. and 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 you know go ahead and name the hmm. name and shame the abusers i mean that's that's hmm. what's happening this is more hmm. of an outburst so hmm. i don't think at least as of now hmm. we can we can say or we can we can kind of restrict it into saying that this is how it should happen mm-hmm. that's the first thing hmm. the second thing is that is there a need to differentiate between sexual harassment and this behavior and a bad date yes and no depends really as to who is defining it right hmm. because uh, i mean for a very long time and this this is something that happened when um the article on aziz ansari was written um a number of my male friends i mean at least during the conversations i've had with them have said that you know this sounds like a bad date this is this is just you know uh, it's just a it depends on who decides what is misbehavior and what is sexual harassment and what is a bad date hmm. so during the uh, discussion that was um, du- uh, when the article on aziz ansari came out um, a number of discussions that i've had uh, with my male friends reflected the fact that hmm. at least to me it reflected that men are probably seeing seeing it as bad dates while women are looking at it as you know sexual harassment hmm. we are assuming that all of this is happening within a sex- heterosexual context hmm. so probably uh you know men asking for asking for sex repeatedly is 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 just them trying to you know uh, trying to push a little boundary but for women hmm. probably we hear that and we think wow that that pushing my sexual boundary and i don't like it it's fairly harassing or or much worse in several cases as 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 it was in the case of aziz ansari and several of the other stories that we've read over the past one week hmm. Hmm. so i think we we should probably make a distinction but who would be making that distinction how would we be carrying out the discussion will it be part of public debate will it be part of personal debate our personal situations i don't know but right now i think the moment is for us to hear these stories hmm. listen to the women hmm. whoever those women are to understand what these stories are and what the content of these stories are and what is it that's irking women so much True. and what is the problem really and why are men not able to get this message only then we will be ha- able to have more mature conversations around what defines i think probably the two men on the panel it. can come in here and tell us yeah. i mean uh, this is not a question rather an argument uh, to you uh, christina and the entire panel you know we we have been listening and reading the stories which are coming up and uh, everything is quite shocking but i mean again i'll bring back the entire discussion to the point that uh, it's the peak and i think these are the opportunities uh, where you know we are talking about issues which are very important to us hmm. uh, uh, to our workplaces to our home schools colleges universities and why we should not also put equal amount of focus on you know the due process whether the organizations are following the due process whether there are institutions mechanisms to tackle such uh, uh, sexual harassment True. because me too ha- is happening today but the business would go as usual maybe a week later hmm. so the let's talk about the mechanisms and also you know the legal battles hmm. and above the last argu- i mean uh, last thing that i have to say on this is 
वी मी टू हैपन इन दी वेस्ट वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट वी आर टॉकिंग इन इंडियन कॉन्टेक्स राइट नाउ वी आर अ कंट्री वेयर आई मीन फॉरगेट अबाउट जेंडर सेंसिटाइजेशन सेक्स एजुकेशन इज नॉट गिवन प्रॉपरली इन दी स्कूल्स सो एंटायर जनरेशन ऑफ जनरेशन ऑफ मैन इन दिस कंट्री इंक्लूडिंग माइन एंड आई डोंट नो आई कॉन्ट टॉक अबाउट प्रतीक सर बट आई मीन वी हैव बीन ब्रॉट अप वेयर देर हैव बीन नो एजुकेशन पर से वेन इट कम्स टू जेंडर सेंसिटाइजेशन हाउ टू यू नो अंडरस्टैंड इशूज रिलेटेड to gender the power dynamics and what is wrong what is right what you understand is from your daily life what you read from books which is what i think this will, this is the next discussion that i wanted to bring up like going forward what is the step one thing that you mentioned was talking about institutional mechanisms talking about conversations even going back to school we need to have more gender sensitization including sex education but right now this generation what do we do about them they can't, we can't send them back to school but so there i think it is important for men like women are speaking up but here men need to step in i mean even when we were we were having this discussion i saw you and pratik kept quiet so i mean this is what i think i think men need to participate in the discussion as much i might put you both in the spot and i ask i am asking you is this discussion making you uncomfortable i doubt i mean i i believe i personally believe that you know on this particular issue uh, we should allow women to speak what they think about it and it is our opportunity at least this is my personal opinion it is an learning chapter for me learning experience for me hmm. i'm reading what is being put out what is being said and i'm you know i'm trying to process whatever is happening around me hmm. so the, uh, my silence is more to do with the learning experience and uh, you know uh, processing whatever is happening on the all the relevations that are coming out pratik ne i mean comfort comfort ki baat nahi i mean i'm very much comfortable but jaise purushon ko bhi isme aage badhke mahilaon ko support karna chahiye jisse ki aur usko ek rhythm mil jayega i mean what i'm trying what amit you said that it is time for you to sit back and learn but what i'm asking is if sexual harassment since sexual harassment i wouldn't say if sexual harassment is so pervasive so do would men not have seen it around them like why is the onus on the woman to come forward and talk about it that's what i said you know again the entire problem goes back to us uh, our families our schooling system everything i mean mm. and it's not again it's not only about india the problem is larger here because the i think uh, that is south- just externalization of responsibility putting it on the schooling system on the social conditioning i mean we can't really think that the men are so, so how, unaware so so when we talk about patriarchy what do we mean about like by it it's the conditioning of you know i mean if you look at it hmm. so you are conditioned in a way where the men think that we are superior than the other uh, uh, the other gender hmm. and there's a sense of uh, not only superiority you also think you can go on to abuse people bully people and i do believe there's lack of you know uh, sensitization not on all these issues mm. and one thing uh, because you asked about you know uh, now me too is happening we can't mm. send the generations back to study mm. i'm giving very small example and i i don't know whether uh, the panel or people listening to this conversation yeah. would agree uh, so in delhi all cab walas mm. and auto walas have to go through a workshop mm. which is given by manas Hmm. and if you if you move around delhi you will see on cabs m a n a s written on the cabs hmm. so this is a training program for all drivers where hmm. they are they are taught about you know how to deal with their customers women uh, customers female so it is happening and well, we'll I have agree. to st- we can have workshops we can have trainings we can have sensitization programs but what i think i mean that should be there and that is essential but do we not put any responsibility responsibility to bilkul honi chahiye lekin jaise bhi me too campaign chal raha hai theek hai lekin abhi bhi aap agar dekhein to koi bhi apne country ya koi bhi shehar agar koi ladki koi chhed raha hai ya lewd comment pass kar raha hai ya is tarike se to hardly agar 10 log khade honge to unme se shayad bhi bahut kam aise vakya hote hain ki bhai koi aake usko bol raha hai ya या कुछ बोल रहा है सामने वाला को तो अपोज नहीं करते हम लोग तो वो उससे वो बढ़ते जाता है बढ़ते जाता है तो सामने वाला और मतलब और ये हो जाता है मतलब जो उसमें क्रिस्टीना डू यू वांट टू कम इनटू दैट टू व्हाट 
Amit and Pratik have said so far? From whatever I've heard, uh, I can. Uh, but I think uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, comments were shared in Hindi. I don't understand Hindi as much as I would like to. Okay. Uh, could you just help me understand at least the gist of what they both said? I think Amit is saying that, I think I actually disagree with Amit, so I will let him summarize what he was <laughs> saying, which was primarily that uh, there's no gender sensitization or even sex education back in schools and colleges, which sort of explains mm-hmm. why men do what they do. No, I'm not saying which explains mm-hmm. why it explains uh, why men do what they do. But yes, uh, there's a I mean, if you don't have gender sensitization, I I am repeat. I am just repeating myself what I said. Entire generation of generations have grown up where they don't understand the difference between uh, mm. bu- what is bullying, what is sexual abuse, what is harassment, and you know these are very. I mean, I am just repeating what I have uh, read uh, when the Me Too started, when Raya Sarkar's list came out, and there were several men who came out on Facebook and Twitter where they said that okay, today I realize what I what I have been doing for years was actually sexual harassment mm-hmm. and because you did not had any gender sensitization mechanism in the families in the schools in the universities and the workplaces you had all these people uh, doing what they were doing but again uh, you know when you commit a crime you know that you are committing a crime right and there's no justification for it i'm saying that along while we we today we need to t- also talk about due process we also need to talk about mechanisms legal process and we should not miss this opportunity and should emphasize on gender sensitization so that you know the gen- this generation and the generations coming should at least learn from what is happening today and i was telling amit that it is completely externalization of responsibility because we cannot just think and right. believe that an entire gender is has been ignorant for half a decade or, or mm. i mean half a century like it's not i just i just fail to believe that and just don't want to accept it what do you want to say i mean uh, after I, that prateek wants to come in yeah okay so what do you think christina uh, my turn now? yeah yeah uh, okay so i do understand uh, both of your sentiments to be honest and i do get what prateek is saying about you know wanting to have Uh, some bit of dare i say training right from the beginning right from childhood uh, so as to be more sensitized towards how you know women think and are and you know be be more sensitized to gender as such and i do agree with that i think we all as people do need to be sensitized and do need to understand how gender can be fluid how it's important to respect all genders and all of that is um, a process in itself and we are all changing as we speak because i was not this politicized when i was a child and uh, for sure even 10 years ago my ideas were not the same as what i have right now so yes we all evolve we all change ideas changes growing up changes us who teaches us different ideas all of that does have a role to play in the kind of people we become but i also agree with what you're saying cherry because it's absolutely important to not put the onus on external mechanisms the onus has to be on the perpetrators the onus has to be on i mean at this point in time given the way we are given patriarchy the onus lies on men at this point um so not just ago, men maybe, i think it's uh, a few months ago I mean sorry to butt in I mean I was saying not just men but failing institutional mechanisms is also what I would put the onus on but you were saying could you please oh, yeah absolutely hmm. absolutely I think I think uh, failing institutional mechanisms are all I mean important but I would like to just point out that you know institutional mechanisms workplace policies all of that comes into play only after a, a, an act of harassment has been committed right only after a crime has taken place yeah. of course you can you can have like prevention mechanisms you can have sensitization mechanisms and all of it hmm. but they are all proactive because something things are already happening yeah but ideally what is it that we want ideally we want an equal world we want an egalitarian world where hmm. men and women and everyone who are anything coexist peacefully are able to respect one another and value each other's yeah. presence but that's not happening right hmm. now which is why we are talking of gender workshop which is why we are talking of sensitizations and institutional mechanisms etc etc but right now who is going to do the labor of sensitizing men hmm. abhi ek 
going to pay for it? Who's no, going I to mean, do the physical labor? Who's going to create content? Who's true. going to be the ones writing modules for it? Hmm. Who's going to be the ones designing lessons, right? I I'm just hoping that that labor and that monetary burden does not fall on women. I mean, it's a, I'm hoping that hmm. men will pick up that that yeah. that that effort that those those initiators. I mean, few we, months ago, I remember reading this absolutely wonderful tweet from Iman Sheikh, and I remember saving it because she she said something around you know uh, something that Iman called it as called as by log hmm. where we, where men get together hmm. and talk about issues, hmm. talk about struggles, talk hmm. about how we can go about you know uh, solving. Uh, some of those issues mm-hmm. of course in my head i imagined it to be like you know like a like an almost like a like a support group that mm-hmm. would be there in maybe that would meet every week everywhere mm-hmm. where, where men just get together and talk about these things and perhaps feminism is something that they want to talk about health is another thing they want to talk about how to approach their girlfriends what to do what not to say what to say how to be more respectful how to value women etc etc i mean the, this is just one imagination of how men can take up the mantle how men mm. can do the labor True. but of course i mean given the creative minds that we have in our generation i'm mm. sure there would be several such mm. such um, uh, initiatives or such activities that can come up perhaps mm. we may have an app mm. that helps men out i don't know but but you know these are things that that we need to be mm. talking about perhaps Christina uh, we're running out of time so we will have to close the conversation here thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me i'm so sorry if i took up too much time no no absolutely not it was it was great having some new perspectives and insights thank you thank you so much. moving on amit do you want to discuss your report and what did you think was underreported in the media so yeah uh, we carried this report on uh, rohtak's titoli village where uh, you know there was every element uh, which can trigger communal riot and violence and uh, this happened on august 22nd which was uh, bakraid and uh, a muslim youth in the village hit a cow and she died and uh, it was early in the morning uh, the r- rumors spread across in that village and uh, you know the areas nearby that uh, बकरीद की कुर्बानी दे दी गई है सो दिस वॉज बेसिकली कुर्बानी एज द रोमर स्प्रेड बट अपेरेंटली इवन द पोस्टमार्टम रिपोर्ट हैज कन्फर्म एंड पुलिस सोर्सेज इन द पुलिस कन्फर्म डज दैट द अटैक ऑन द काफ वॉज फ्रॉम अ ब्लंट ऑब्जेक्ट इट वॉज नॉट फ्रॉम अ शार्प वेपन और शार्प ऑब्जेक्ट विच क्लियरली यू नो इंडिकेट्स अ प्रूफ दैट इट वॉज नॉट कुर्बानी नंबर वन नंबर टू यू हैड हंड्रेड्स ऑफ aggressive youth in the village now this mm. is a huge village with 10000 voters at mm. least 10000 9000 voters but why kill a calf okay so the calf had hit uh, hit his uh, knees and in rage uh, he there was a stick he hit the cow and mm. she died mm. so this is what we ha- had been told to us by the villagers including muslims and the mm. hindu population in the mm. village and remember this is a A, a village with nine to ten thousand voter population, mm-hmm. and has almost thirty-six communities. Uh, so in Haryana, you have villages where thirty-six Biradri live, twenty-six Biradri live. So you, this village is a thirty-six community. Almost thirty-six communities live in mm-hmm. this village, mm-hmm. and uh, there are around about hundred to hundred twenty-five Muslim mm-hmm. families in the village. So clearly, they are. you know it's very minuscule number didn't gauraksha's come forward yeah exactly so what happened first the youth hindu youth of the village was quite aggressive uh, we have access picture which showed as uh, that the accused yamin was the accused 25 year old uh, muslim man uh, he was the accused his house was vandalized his uh, bike was attacked uh, so all that happened and these people were in large numbers mm. however the elderly people from the village and mm. the police somehow managed to you mm. know uh, control or contain the violence which might have happened that day and uh, the whatsapp messages were spreading rumors were spreading video inflammatory videos were put up on youtube putting out wrong information about this particular incident and yes the police denied to use the word gaurakshaks but they said that outsiders 
had reached the village uh, with intentions of you know uh, creating a further problem mm. so that happened and why we are talking about this village that uh, by 20th of september we read reports which said that a panchayat in haryana has passed uh, dictates against muslim community where they cannot keep uh, beard they cannot uh, wear skull caps or keep muslim names so when you were on the ground is this what you saw that people did not have beard they weren't wearing skull caps uh i did i did not find you know muslims who kept beard i did not find muslims who had muslim or farsi or arabic names i did not find muslims uh, who wear skull cap hmm. but this has been happening ever since the partition so oh the, why this so, is very yeah. peculiar this uh, particular village so when partition happened uh, muslim population was shifting to pakistan from the, uh, this belt hmm. the other hindu community ensured and uh, assured the muslim community that you can stay and you should stay in this village we mm. will assure, you mm. know assure your safety and we will ensure that you mm. uh, you prosper like any other community in the village mm. and that happened and i and since ever since independence or partition rather uh, the muslims in the village have been keeping hindu names uh, there's no mosque in the village mm. there's uh, uh, no a particular idga in the village and they don't keep beard so it's very difficult if you enter that village and so it know, wasn't like hmm. the diktat was being implemented that has been the case always yeah that has been the case always but i think uh, again the police says that no diktat was passed the pradhan of uh, sarpanch and the pradhan hmm. of muslim community say that no diktat was passed hmm. however i think i mean situation like this you could understand something like this might have happened but peace has been restored and mm. the positive uh, aspect of this particular village is that it was the people from hindu community and muslim community the elderly people who ensured that you know no communal violence happens mm. in the village amit mm. uh, i'll come back to you but pratik aap se puchna chahungi over the past week aapko kya laga that media ne bahut kam cover kiya hai should have gotten more attention or something that you thought ki bahut zyada cover hua hai maybe it didn't deserve as much i think ye jo supol mein jo 30 32 bachiyon pe jo attack matlab unke sath ladke jo chhedkhani kar rahe the jab unhone usko oppose kiya to kaise wo almost pure unke ghar ke matlab unke ladkon ke parents उनके फैमिली मेंबर्स सब ने आके उन बच्चियों पे काफी बुरी तरीके से अटैक किया उनमें से काफी बच्चियां अस्पताल में भी भर्ती हुई थी तो वो आई थिंक उसको जिस तरीके से कवर करना चाहिए था उतना हुआ नहीं ऐसा लगता सो क्वांटिटी ऑफ कवरेज और द नुआंस ऑफ कवरेज की जैसे कवर करना चाहिए था वो नहीं हुआ कि जितना कवर करना आ, चाहिए था जितना मतलब जी और मतलब काफी बड़ा मुद्दा अगर हम ये सब इतनी अभी इस दौरान ये सब बातें अगर चल रही है मीटू कैंपेन वगैरह इतना तो बच्चियां भी एक तरीके से देखा है तो वो उनके छिड़ते थे उनको वो तो वो एक तरीके का भी सेक्सुअल हेरसमेंट ही था तो उस उस तरीके से उसको कवर नहीं किया Amit what in do fact, you think even uh, I wanted to discuss this report only mm-hmm. and uh, point out the fact that you know uh, when did this incident happen mm-hmm. so it was on saturday mm-hmm. uh, there's this village in supol mm-hmm. and uh, kasturba gandhi balika vidyalaya is the place where mm-hmm. uh, girls from sc st obc community mm-hmm. live this is a residential school mm-hmm. right and this happened on saturday the me to a uh, version of india started on friday you know and 34 girls were attacked 30 of them were injured they are mm. they were admitted in the hospital and and that also shows like uh, the discussion what uh, that we had in the beginning of the podcast the class and the urban culture of the movement mm. so while these people were harassed they were attacked you know they were hospitalized media coverage was not as much as it should have been mm. number one number mm. two it happened in bihar it's the mm. same state where we read about you know uh, mass molestation and sexual abuse of uh, girls in the shelter homes and uh, that happened to that that happened uh, muzaffarpur mm. so and it's barely months after the muzaffarpur incident mm. that something like this has happened the mm. police has already arrested 10 people mm. but then uh, i think it had all the elements and the reasons to cover it mm. and give enough space in the national media i mean we have to close the podcast now but i just want to ask you both to share your recommendations one and second thing do you think this sort of me too moment where as you said right now there's no due diligence because it's happening on twitter and everybody is naming everybody and some of them cannot be verified some of them are from anonymous accounts so is this 
sort of undermining first a journalistic exercise and second men's right I mean, journalistic exercise, uh, you know, uh, the end number of reports are coming out. So the best media can do is uh, we are just putting out reports based on the uh, claims that are being made on Facebook or Twitter, Twitter uh, to be precise. And uh, I mean, what what can you do? You you if you if the survivor or the complainant or someone who has finally come out in public and uh, called out the uh, predator. So you you can take her version. You can reach out to the predator if you don't have if these are anonymous accounts. So you can't really do much into uh, the claims that are being made. Number one and uh, men's rights. I don't. I I mean I don't know. It's too early to uh, mm. speak or comment on anything mm. of uh, such kind. But I'm sure there will be people who will champion for men's right right now. And the recommendation, yes. the recommendation is because uh, we missed a lot on whatever happened in bihar supal mm. so i would recommend uh, a couple of news uh, reports were carried by hindustan mm. hindi daily and prabhat khabar so you can read all these reports to understand it and uh, i mean to all uh, men out there we can again i would request it's rather a request that you know mm. instead of commenting writing let's take this entire chapter as a learning process read more and more whatever is being put out and mm. understand the differences understand the nuances and i mean it's a learning experience opportunity you mean not just us. read interact that is how you learn because yeah at least don't you know reject the claims which mm. has been mm. pratik undermining ka to kya koi sawal nahi uthta isme kyunki jo cheez agar galat hai wo galat hai aur rahi baat journalism to i mean वो क्लेम्स जो भी आ रहे हैं जैसे अमित ने बताया कि उसके बेसिस पे स्टोरीज हो रही हैं तो और थोड़ा डिटेल में करना चाहिए सो हिंदी मीडिया में भी सेम थिंग हैपनिंग हिंदी मीडिया में तो मेरे से हिंदी मीडिया में तो और ज़्यादा होगा लेकिन वो सब आ नहीं रहा है सामने ओके एंड आपका रिकमेंडेशन ये एक आर्टिकल है जो कलकत्ता टाइम्स की एक फॉर्मर जर्नलिस्ट ने लिखा है जो उनके साथ सेक्शुअल हरेसमेंट हुआ था तो ई न्यूज़ करके वेबसाइट है उस पर उन्होंने लिखा है कि कैसे जो भी उनका सेक्शुअल हरासमेंट हुआ था उनके उस वक्त जो उनके एडिटर थे और कैसे पूरा जो टाइम्स ऑफ इंडिया का जो मतलब बजाय उनकी कंप्लेंट सुनने के या उनकी मदद करने के उन्हीं को हारेस करके ऐसा किया कि उनको नौकरी से निकाल दिया आई वॉन्ट टू रिकमेंड वॉक्स पीस इट्स कॉल्ड द रिपोर्टिंग दावी वाइनस्टीन एंड स्पार्क द रेकनिंग जस्ट वन अपलिजर आई थिंक इट्स अ ग्रेट रीड सो दैट एंड विद दैट वी क्लोज दिस एपिसोड ऑफ रिपोर्टर्स विदाउट ऑर्डर्स आई वॉन्ट टू थैंक आर लिसनर्स फॉर द फीडबैक द लव प्लीज कीप दैम कमिंग आई ऑल्सो वॉन्ट टू अपील दैट ऑल न्यूज कंज्यूमर्स पे टू कीप न्यूज फ्री एंड इंडिपेंडेंट इफ यू वॉन्ट द मीडिया टू इम्प्रूव यू विल हैव टू सपोर्ट इट बिकॉज वेन द पब्लिक पेज द पब्लिक इज सर्वड वेन corporations and advertisers pay they are the ones who are served subscribe to news laundry or any other independent news organization of your choice happy subscribing and thank you parikshit and anil ji all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel